0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the All About the Birds weekly report report here on the AAT Sports Network. We are joined tonight by somebody who understands these Kansas City Chiefs a little better than we do, but I am one of your hosts, Chip, at Chip for the Birds. Down below me is Johnny U at Johnny U9322. On my diagonal corner, Look, I even had that right, is Jeff Warner at Jeff Warner NFL and our guest this fine evening or afternoon out there in uh Missouri is Aaron Ladd. He is man this guy's got some credentials. He is from 41 Action News sports anchor. He is from KSHB 41. I mean the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy, man. Aaron, what's up man? You're bringing it. Tonight.
1: I'm impressed man. You got all you got everything right. Uh, uh 10 stars, 5 stars all of the above to our host there Chip. <laughs> I was going to add in, there, yeah, add in there
2: the Super Bowl 51 survivor. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to – we can maybe talk about that a little bit later because there's a little bit of a correlation as well to our first guest to Aaron here. So uh, well, we can talk about that a little
0: bit later.
1: We'll wrap with that. We'll, 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 we'll wrap with my pain and suffering, Johnny. Thank <laughs> you so go. much. There Appreciate that. <laughs> uh,
0: so we got a lot going on again. Our sponsors, they're in the uh, – they're in the description of the bio again. Lots of rain, luxury watches, oddsjam.com, statement games, uh, Manscape.com. Your balls will thank you. Uh, of course, we also, I mean, we have so many great, fantastic sponsors. Make sure you're checking them out. We do want to tell people there have been some issues with uh, our StreamYard, these live things going to Twitter. So if you're watching this on Twitter and you're trying to comment, we will not see the comments. So go to our Facebook, go to our YouTube, still watch the stream. But if you're commenting on Twitter, we will not see that. And that sucks because we like to interact with our fans. So go to our Facebook, go to our YouTube until they fix the whole Streamyard to Twitter collaboration. All right. We've talked enough, Aaron. We got to chat a little bit because sitting here week four, we were not expecting to have identical records. Um, I think we are kind of understanding where we were, but for the for the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, can, can you break down the first three weeks of Kansas City football? What, what's the vibe over there in Missouri with with our former head coach Andy Reid, and, and what's happening
1: now? I want to start by just saying thank you. Appreciate you guys having me on. It's a great opportunity. Love talking. Love talking ball, and appreciate the platform here. As far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned, uh, a couple weeks in, I, I think they're obviously not where they want to be. They're probably looking around, trying to figure out what the the biggest issues are. Uh, and through three weeks now, entering uh, week four, it's been consistency. Teams have kind of been challenging them to to put a full drive together. Uh, they're taking away the deep ball. Tyreek Hill had his one big game, if you will, and has been... Uh, a little bit quieter since then. Uh, And the mistakes have really bitten Kansas city in the butt. I don't know if I can cuss on here. uh, I'll just say, but
0: you are allowed to cuss. It is is nine 20 here. So the kids have
1: gone to bed. (laughs) The turnovers have bitten the chiefs in the ass. Chip, they've bitten (laughs) the chiefs in the ass. I mean, you can't win turning the ball over as much as they have. And Clyde Edwards, a told us that point blank after the Chargers lost four turnovers at home against a division the opponent is just not going to get it done. And you wonder if this is kind of who they are or a symptom of, uh, of what they've become. Eric Bieniemy said something that was really important or something that stood out to me in his availability on Monday. He talked in place of Andy Reid, and we'll talk about his health concerns, I'm sure, a little bit later in the show. But he talked about and, and something that stood out to me. is said, we have to respect the process. And to me, that sounds like a team that maybe has gotten a little bit ahead of their skis, a team that maybe has read the press clippings a little bit, a team that's looking to go back to a third straight Super Bowl, maybe thinks that they're going to show up and, and get there without having to put the work into the little things. And, and through three weeks now entering week four, it just hasn't happened. And you could argue that this team sitting at one and two could easily be 0-3, Chip, could easily be
2: 0-3. So, you know, you mentioned the offense and – Last couple of weeks, there are some crucial, and you said the crucial turnovers, you know, with Patty Mahomes, you know, the interceptions they had and the Clyde edwards helaire fumble, you know, is, is that a sign, you know, of concern moving forward? Like these turnovers and, you know, you didn't see too much of that the last couple of years and all of a sudden they're kind of, you know, rearing their head now and you're seeing it happen and seeing what happens at the end of games when you turn the ball over.
1: I mean, it's obviously a cause for concern. And speaking of what you haven't seen recently, you haven't seen September losses for the Kansas City Chiefs. Actually entering Baltimore, they were riding a streak of 15 straight wins in the month of September. Absolutely absurd, right? Patrick Mahomes hadn't thrown an interception in the month of September. In addition to not having lost in the month of September, he was 10-0 entering the Baltimore game. But like you said, Johnny, he's been looser with the football, man. there's There's really no other way to say it. He's been Uh, trying to play quote-unquote hero ball, if you will. And if you watched the the most recent Super Bowl, you saw a lot of that from Mahomes. It it was kind of a symptom of the offensive line. Uh, The O-line broke down, and he was kind of having to make things run on the fly. And it's kind of unfortunately translated... Into the early parts of this season for Kansas City, uh, I asked uh, Andy Reid after a, after the game, "How do you get better at, at not turning the ball over? Like, is, is this something you practice? I know in high school, guys would carry around the football with them all day mm-hmm. in the <laughs> and cafeteria or gym or whatever because they fumbled, and that's just what you have to do. Well, this is this is the big leagues; you don't do that anymore, and it, it, it's something that they have to work on. Clyde edwards lair is somebody that I'm sure has heard the noise." from the fan base about his most recent fumbles and uh, it, it's something that we're going to have to see you can't win the ball turning on the turning can't win the game turning the ball over as much as they have it. and it's been the detriment to them through 3 weeks
0: I think it's interesting that you mentioned the the hero ball side of everything because you know we we just got rid of a quarterback in this past offseason for the whole hero ball idea and you know he's he's still out there doing that in Indianapolis and you know Patrick Mahomes his I thought his biggest issue in the Super Bowl was the fact that his offensive line was was not where it was and now going into this season i mean andy reed when he was in philadelphia was always somebody that stressed the strength of the lines and winning in the trenches how does this team stack up to the past couple chiefs teams in those two regards
1: Uh, As specifically to the offensive line, it's a completely new group. The group that you saw in in the most recent Super Bowl is not the group that you'll see when the Chiefs and the Eagles line up here on Sunday. They got five new starters on the offensive line, three of which had not played a snap in the National Football League entering this year. And and though they may be uh, high draft picks or or though they may be highly touted coming from other teams and, and free agent signings in the case of Joe Tooney, Uh, there's still going to be a chemistry of of when you put five new faces together. And then there's going to be a chemistry of putting those five faces together with your quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is not uh, a quarterback that sits back in the pocket and and you know where he's going to be at all times. This is a guy that likes to drift back in the pocket, sometimes to his detriment. This is a guy that likes to move around and extend plays as well. Maybe you're not going to know where he's going to be as far as other quarterbacks are concerned and we've seen chemistry issues at time. We've seen the rookie, we've seen the rookie snippers, the rookie center snap the ball uh, over Patrick Mahomes head against Cleveland. We've seen little mistakes, we've seen holding penalties at the wrong time. So they're learning, right, Chip? I mean, they're they're making their mistakes now and if I tell Chiefs Kingdom, which I do every week on Twitter, you want the mistakes to happen now. I know it's detri- it's, I know it's a 1 and 2 record and it feels like the sky is falling, but the mistakes are going to happen and you'd rather have them happen earlier in the season than when the games really start to matter down down the stretch.
3: I'll say you bring up that you'd rather have the mistakes early on in the year, but how much pressure is on this team right now? Look, they're one and two in a very uh, good AFC West division right now where the Raiders and the Broncos are both three and0 Chargers had their number last week with uh, pulling off the victory two and one. the Chiefs are now losing or two uh, two in a row now going on the road uh, to Philadelphia. Uh, how much pressure is really on this team to get things back in order and ba- uh, bounce back
1: uh, from the sluggish start? I, I every week is a pressure situation and that's probably that's straight from Eric Biennemi's mouth. You want to win every week in the National Football League. Every week is a winner go home, all that good stuff. Uh, I think they probably have felt a target on their back going on three years now, considering um, you hear their name in every conversation, they're Vegas's favorite every year. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP favorite. This dude's on Madden every year. You see him every time you cut on ESPN. I'm sure when he walks into stadiums, there's guys that are like, You know, I'm sick of it, I'm sick of hearing about this dude, right? Like, uh, they got humbled a little bit against Tampa. Let's call it for what it is. They didn't score a touchdown, and translating into the first three weeks of of this year. Uh, There have been more doubters than previously assumed, and I'm not talking bad about the Eagles when I say this, don't get me wrong, but uh, a loss this week would definitely put damper on expectations. I think the first three weeks you maybe say, hey, those were tougher teams. Uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, two of the better rushing attacks for a wounded uh, Kansas Uh City run defense. Uh, there's not really much that Philly is doing right so far okay. so you figure oh, no. you figure nope. you go no, in there <laughs> and it's a get right game uh depending on how it looks and then you could also say hey if we don't turn the ball over maybe we have a different record so I'm definitely looking at their ball security concern did they it, they turn the ball over four times again I mean yeah I'm hitting the panic button and I'm going sure. I'm going crazy but uh this is a get right game for Kansas City
0: well, and as Javier is saying here, you know, it's a, Javier is a, is a very large optimist when it comes to Eagles, and Philly better not let their guard down against the Chiefs because of how they've been lately. I think it's actually more of the opposite. Philly has to play up to the Chiefs level, but if the Chiefs somehow lose this game, like you said, um, I think that there is that panic that has to set in, and as 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 Pina says, you know, I don't think Kansas City's going to have an issue this week. It's it's sad but true. I think that the general theme, and even you hit on it, is the fact that look, Kansas City is in a different realm of a team as Philadelphia. Now I say that because I can see Johnny chomping at the bit here. Johnny <laughs> is our optimist on this show. Come so on, in. Johnny, let's Aaron, hear. Aaron, it. Yeah, let's hear. Johnny, it. do you want to tell Aaron? <laughs> How the Eagles are going to win because of the Chiefs' defense? I'm not going to say how they're
2: going to win. I'm going to say how it can be a more competitive game than a lot of people think. You look at the Chiefs' defense, and I'm not sure in terms of their the injury concerns, whether it's Frank um, Frank Clark and uh, uh, Ward, and you know you have these these players who have been hurt, but also they have a lot of guys. Like I'm not sure. I, I know. I know Willie Gay can be activated. I'm not sure if they're able to activate because he's one of their playmaking linebackers. And you look at their defense, and if you watch them the past couple of weeks, it, it seems to be, you know, everyone likes to talk about Spagnolo and what he did with the Giants. And how many years ago was that? Because if you really look at their defenses, the Chiefs' offense really helped the defense look a lot better than they've really been in recent years. But I think this is... Maybe the weakest Chiefs defense we've seen in the past three seasons. How is your thoughts in terms of the Chiefs defense and how they've been struggling? Because they're they're basically bottom five in a lot of categories so far these first three weeks.
1: It's the weak point of the team. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, I, I actually thought that they played played better last week. Coming out of the the Baltimore Ravens game, the two asked for the fan base was. Can the defense get a little better, and can Clyde Edwards-Alaire get a little better? And both of those things actually happened in the Chargers game, but you turn the ball over four times. Uh, the Chiefs' run defense leaves a lot to be desired. It, it's not just at one level of the defense. You could pretty much say it's at all three levels. Uh, But this is something that we've seen from them before. Last year, they started off on on shaky waters. They were a a bottom third defensive team in pretty much every uh, statistical aspect that you looked at from passing defense to run defense. And then kind of as the middle of the season came along, they steadied the ship a little bit. The, the, like you said, the offense is, 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 is what's getting them championship, is, is what's championship caliber for Kansas City. And they've scored nearly 30 points every game, and, and they've had a chance to win all those games. So you figure if the defense can get 5% better, 10% better, and maybe generate a takeaway, then you're winning games by by a touchdown each. I think if,
2: if they don't turn the ball over and give more possessions for the opposing offenses to, against that defense – then you're, of course, it's going to bode a lot. It's going to bode well for Kansas City. If you're not giving the other teams extra possessions, they don't give. It's not. There's no opportunity for the, the other team to be able to score points on a defense that isn't as good as it once was.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: but, no, you. Yeah, Max ahead. is saying
0: here we don't have to worry about the the. You're concerned about your running defense. We don't um, run. We we don't run. Um, Apparently that's that's the new Philadelphia thing. Maybe it's not a new Philadelphia thing, but it's very evident new Philadelphia thing. Um, so you will not have to worry about your rushing defense, so there's there's that one. But even just the one thing that you said, you know, getting five to ten percent better. I think that to me says the difference in the two regimes in what as an organization Kansas City wants to do, getting five to ten percent better at a certain task, Whereas the Eagles goal is to get one percent better every day. Just straight mathematically, we're hoping for very mediocre gains here. So there's not a question in there. I'm just saying, percentage-wise, I really can't. I mean, it's it's all semantics, but I think the Eagles have the bar set so low for themselves that they're struggling to reach that, that if the Chiefs don't go out and do serious business, I, I as you mentioned, I feel like you would have a cause for concern.
1: We'll see what the, the first series looks like. We know Andy Reid likes to script that first series. We know they practice that. We know the first 15 plays are something that there's a collaboration between Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, and Andy Reid on. And that first 15 plays tells me a lot. Against the Chargers, they march all the way down the field, get in the red zone, and then Patrick Mahomes throws a no-look pass that goes off the receiver's hand. And it unravels from there, and it, and it starts to become a slippery ball. Uh, I, we'll see for Kansas City fans. Obviously, they'd love to have uh, seven on that first drive and go from there.
2: I, I thinking about this Kansas City team. To me, it's a lot of reminiscent of if you look back in the 2003 Philadelphia Eagles. You know, they come off of an NFC Championship game loss, and you know, a, a the sky's looking up. You know, everyone thinks they're going to be great, and they start out and they start out rough. And they start out, you know, having you know a tough stretch in the beginning, of this, and they roll off, you know, a boatload of wins. And, you know, I just feel like this Kansas City team is just, you know, you know, they're talented. You know how talented they are. You see that with the, with the players that they have. And it's not like they they turned over the roster a ton. I know you said the new offensive line and, you know, getting, um, you know, getting better there uh, every, every week with all these rookies that are playing and some new faces and stuff like that. But I feel like for the Eagles' standpoint, if it's any time to play the Chiefs, it may be right now when they're not mm-hmm. fully – um, you know, together and, you know, with, with everything going on with them. And, you know, I think this is the best time than playing them late in the season when they're already right. – they're clicking and they're firing on all cylinders. I think this may be the best time for the Eagles. Not, not saying, you know, Chiefs could come out and just bl- blow the doors off. We don't know that. But uh, I think this is the best time to play the Chiefs right now. Well,
0: anyway, let me – let me ask you this because you did have some big news. There's been some big news in chiefs kingdom. What are your thoughts on Josh Gordon joining the squad?
1: Absolutely. So one of the biggest storylines entering the off season was who's going to replace the production left behind by Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins uh, injury prone. Maybe some would say missed a lot of time in this last year with Kansas city. Now, is a Baltimore Raven. And it's good to see him producing there with Lamar Jackson. But obviously he left a hole as far as in the playoffs and regular season. And and there was a lot of discussion on who was going to fill that role at wide receiver two. Was it going to be McCole Hardman? Was it going to be Demarcus Robinson? There's another wide receiver, Byron Pringle out of Kansas state here locally and and through three games, there's been a lot to be desired from that wide receiver two position. McCole Hardman had some production in the Baltimore game and Byron Pringle, even Caught a long touchdown in that game as well, but not enough to really stand alongside your two horses, right? Your Kelsey and your Hill. Who else is going to keep the defense honest? Josh Gordon does that. When he's healthy, uh, healthy being uh, in quotes term, I guess, there. When he's available. He's very
0: healthy. He's always taking his medicine, his medicinal um, herbs and supplements, when, so he's he's available,
1: really when, <laughs> when he's available for selection. That's a soccer term there. When he's available for selection, what does he look like in this offense? I shot a tweet out in his last 24 games, 160 targets, I think 86 catches, six scores, and over 1,400 yards. Uh, this is a guy that's going to help keep the defense honest, and when you line him up against your other two horses, the defense is going to have to make some decisions there. Uh, and, and we've talked about how teams have been playing them. And the Chiefs have said they've seen a lot of copycat stuff from the Super Bowl, a lot of three-high safety, two-high safety looks, a lot of bracketing of Kelsey over the middle and making Mahomes make a decision. Uh, Josh Gordon gives Patrick Mahomes another option. Uh, He gives him an option maybe closer to the sticks than, say, Clyde Edwards-Lairwood or maybe Jarek McKinnon, who's another back that they added in the offseason. Josh Gordon seems like somebody who would fit in with the scheme here. I saw Adam Schefter reported that – He saw Josh Gordon saw Kansas City as a long term destination, not just somewhere where he would come this year uh, and be a championship contender. So we'll see. We'll give it time. And and this is not unusual for the Chiefs either. If you remember last year, they made a play at Le'Veon Bell. They've made plays at other older guys in the past. When you have a championship culture, when you have a team uh, that seems to be always in the mix for a contender, you can kind of take lottery tickets and, and make chances with these guys. We'll see what Josh Gordon does. I would say that a reasonable expectation maybe four scores 600 700 yards
2: it's pretty solid though solid explanation
0: <laughs> that's if, if that was a Philadelphia Eagle that'd be our number one receiver so <laughs> that's a pretty solid expectation um H- Javier in, in the comments would he since you have Andy Reed's ear can you do us all a favor talk to talk to big read and uh can y'all throw the game and just you
1: know, help us out. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that actually leads me to a good point. So Andy's sitting on 99 wins overall with the chiefs. That's regular oh, season. He's he, going to win his hundredth game against player. us. Yes. And he's been sitting on it for a minute. We thought it was going to be Baltimore. That didn't happen. So we thought, uh, maybe at home, we had a little pre-write written. Didn't happen against LA. So of course, right. Poetic justice, chip. Come on, man. Poetic justice, big red in the hospital earlier this week. Now comes back and could possibly lead his team to his 100th victory in Kansas City in Philly, man. It's poetic pull, it's no, justice.
0: No, there's only one big, big matchup with coaches this weekend, and it's the Belichick Brady reunion in Foxborough. I can't have Andy Reid coming in and winning his hundredth game up. That's not acceptable. Like I can't do that. Ali Ali from England is saying uh Mahomes is going to set an NFL record with 760 yards on uh, on which is probably very feasible. I mean he's he Ali is British so he knows. Um so let me let me follow up with this because you have one of the star studded coordinators in in your miss. From your perspective because again you are a little more clicked in why is Eric Bieniemy not getting hired? I know he's along that name like the Brian Dable Dabbles, who these guys are—they're supposed to be head coaches by now. W- what is causing Eric Bieniemy to not get that final little push?
1: Dude, I don't know. I'm <laughs> just gonna be—I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I have no idea. And i have asked people about every rumor that we've heard—from he doesn't mm-hmm. interview well to uh, maybe he does—he—he's failed, doesn't know the right people. I—I I, I honestly don't know. I've heard Patrick Mahomes say ad nauseum that this guy should be a head coach. He's one of the smartest. Mm-hmm. One of the smartest play callers. He's also one of the best motivators of men, which is something that I've heard uh, ad nauseum. The, I, there's a couple of things that I can put to bed right now on, on this podcast. The, people say that he does not call plays, quote unquote. That's just uh-huh. not. That's not factually accurate. It, it, it's not based in fact. There is some cloudy gray area on who exactly is calling the plays at certain times. But we do know in NFL games that have mattered of substance, not just the Week 17 games where they're resting starters or not just preseason games, Eric bien does call plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is one of the most explosive offenses. This is a team that's been to the AFC Championship game three years in a row, Super Bowl two years in a row. Uh, He deserves, and if you look around the league, he deserves a shot. I I don't think I'm stepping out of my professional whatever to say that. And considering some of the guys that have gotten opportunities, it, 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 it's kind of silly at this point. And, and it sucks that he has to keep answering that because right. year after year we ask him. And I remember last year around the Super Bowl, he said, "You know, I didn't ask to be the poster boy for 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 what I'm going through right now. I didn't ask. I don't know if it, like we're asking him why why are you not getting jobs?" And he's like, "Are you kidding me? Like I, I have no <laughs> I have no idea, dude. Like you, you, if you find out before me, let me know. Like let me know." Right,, uh, but he seems to he seems to all he always says the right thing, right so if if you were to ask him about it today, he says, "Hey, I am where my feet are. I'm focused on the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's done a damn good job with it, too, man. And I know Absolutely. people are talking about the one and two start, but they've actually scored more points on average per game through three games this year, and uh, maybe the production isn't there or maybe it looks a little wonky because of the turnovers, but this team is just as explosive on offense as they've been before.
2: I think yeah. a lot of I think a lot of I don't know I wouldn't say teams, but a lot of pundits and a lot of people like to mention how the Chiefs are always playing the last two years are playing this Super Bowl so you know teams like to hire their coaches earlier in the offseason and I feel like that's the biggest like that's a, the biggest crock that I can you know try to make a biggest excuse for you know something that you know he's so qualified if you look at his resume you look at what he's done you know he's played in the NFL you know he's played for great coaches he's coached in the NFL he's you know he's came, come up the ladder he's went through the steps that some some coaches haven't you know you don't need to call plays to be an NFL head coach you know you have to you know it, he's so qualified that it's just it can, almost kind of makes you sick to, to see him not get a chance year in and year out when you know that he could be making a difference on an NFL team as a head coach.
1: He's got a great gig here in Kansas City. I don't want to say that that plays a factor into it, but when you see some of the rumors that come up about I know USC was one that came up recently mm-hmm. uh his, his name got floated around there. Uh, I would like to see him get an NFL opportunity. Yeah. I'll leave it at that
0: i think I think he will in the next couple of years. I mean, it's just the question of you know the 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 timing of it all needing to be right. now, since we're on the topic of head coaches, you know, what exactly? Have you heard about what happened this past weekend with Andy? How is he doing? I mean, obviously he's going to coach this weekend, but kind of more of the insider rather than the national news leaking it down to us.
1: Yeah, uh, we talked directly to the Chiefs PR, and they have kept it as quiet as kept. Okay. The What they told us is that he was feeling ill, quote-unquote, at the end of the game. This was after he had addressed the team in the locker room following the Chargers game. And okay. generally there's a period. So like I'm in the press box f- for this game and uh, I head down within the last two minutes, I waited a little bit longer. Cause this game was closer. Uh, and maybe it's about 10, 12 minutes before we hear from Andy after the final whistle. Uh, and it was a little longer this time. It was closer to 2025. 20, and I was kind of talking with the guys and they're like, Hey, it's a little, it, this has been a little longer than we're used to. Cheese PR comes up and, and gives us the information I've heard a couple things on on what it was, but I don't want to speculate and I don't want to put mm-hmm. anything out there. Sure, the sure. best the best news is that he he's doing much better now. Um, I actually had an opportunity forty one talked with Brian Westbrook. I know that's a guy that y'all know over in your, your neck in of the woods. <laughs> he was doing the media rounds today with DraftKings, and uh, he said he shot a text out to Big Red. He immediately got back to him, said that he was doing well. He talked. Andy actually talked with the media today, said that he's doing well. Glad to be back. Um, but it's definitely scary, man. Uh, it, yeah, a, And this is a guy who uh, absolutely changed the culture here in Kansas city. Uh, it, the expectations here are, are much different than they were before he got here. Um, the, the Obviously the banner was not here before, before <laughs> he got here. Uh, and I'm not sure if Patrick Mahomes looks like he does every Sunday without the help of Andy Reid. So it's something right. that we, it's something that you, it, it makes you slow down and, and think about what's really important here and, Uh, It sounds like he's all systems go for for his 100th win on Sunday, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just just keep keep driving that point home,
3: don't you? At least he gets his 100th win. At least it's in Philadelphia. I I hope y'all don't boo him, right? Like
1: I know Philly is known for having some fan stuff, and I'm not going to say anything, but respect Andy, man, especially what he did in both spots. This guy's a Hall of Famer bar none first ballot and what he did at both spots, I think should be commended.
0: No. And I think that, you know, there are, there are certain players and coaches. If they were to come back, um, don't get the same appreciation that a guy like Andy Reed would like Andy say names,
1: Reed, say names, no, give, give, give names.
0: <laughs> we actually have really tried to not mention certain names, uh, since this off season, i I'll, I'll I'll, I'll I'll
2: mention one that's not that I'll mention. Buddy Good because I can't say anyone loves. Name. Everyone loves Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan didn't do anything here.
0: Right, and so, that's the thing. Like it, Andy Reid, when when it, when we got rid of Andy Reid, it was because it was he had run his course here. He had lost the locker room. It had been a bunch of years of mediocrity, um, and and even worse than that, it was his time to go. So when he goes to Kansas City and he finds success, look, as Pina said, we we cheered. Him on during both Super Bowls. We we love Andy Reid. We would love him if he didn't beat the pants off of us this weekend coming up. Um, hopefully it's at least a competitive football game. He is two against the Eagles. Not happening, dude. (laughs) I said hopefully. Let me have my moment. Damn. Um. But yeah, he's not one of those guys that's on like the Philadelphia. The Philadelphia hit list. He's he's just not that guy.
1: He's going to be making some media rounds here soon. Obviously, I'm sure the the milestone that he's talking about. But if I'm not mistaken, maybe this is his first game back in Philly. Am I wrong about that? Second. Second. Second game back in Philly. Enjoy them while they last, man. I don't know how many more years Big Red really has uh, going back to Philly. Yeah. So enjoy them while they last. Yeah.
0: Well. Exactly. Speaking of enjoying it while they last, look, we we do want to respect your time, but we also want to get your official prediction for the weekend. Your your official, whether it's the score, whether it's a, we, we call them our Uleka locks. We're going to get to that segment in a little bit, but something that, so first we want to know who is going to win this game and by what margin, and then give us something that could be whatever game is going to happen, whether it's a player hitting a milestone, whether it's a score differential. Give us something that is going to happen this
1: weekend. So I'll stick with the Eagles Chiefs for both, actually. I, I think the Chiefs win by six. They're not a team right now that's blowing anybody out the water. I think possibly if they were clicking on all cylinders, maybe it's uglier than you all think, but uh, this game will be closer than, than many imagine. And I think one of the locks... Is that Kansas City turns the ball over at least one time? This is a team wow. that has been bitten by the turnover bug. Uh, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying they turn the ball at over at least once after doing it multiple times in the last two. So those are my those are my locks. So you
0: you did not talk to Ali on the side. So this is a untrue comment below you that <laughs> it's going to be 107 to seven. Mad Kansas City is going to squeak out a victory.
1: <laughs> I would have so much work to do after that, man. Could you imagine, <laughs> like, the stories I would have to write oh after that? Goodness. Oh, my goodness. I hope Ollie's not more tapped in than I am because that would be a long- Like I said, Ali o- is British, so he's, like, naturally smarter than all of us
0: here, and he sounds better doing it. Um, but, yeah, just pulling up records from, like, the 1920s and 30s, the last time a team scored that much. I mean, you, you, you – you have some some work to do, and Javi, you're saying you're being too nice. It's not going to be pretty. Um, well, is uh, is is there anything you want to plug, shout out? I mean, y- you have the floor because, again, we appreciate you uh, for coming on. Again, Aaron Ladd from KSHB 41. He is uh, Action News and Sports Anchor on the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy is plugged in to the actual organization. Is there anything you want to shout out, my friend?
1: Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. Y'all are doing great work here. I appreciate all the connections from even y'all plugging this, shouting it out, teasing it, all that good stuff. Man, this this is awesome, man. If y'all are watching the game on Sunday, please, I'll be here in KC. I won't be. I won't be in Philly. I wish I could get my hands on a cheese steak, but next time I'm there. I'm coming straight to your door, Chip. Straight to your
3: door,
0: man. (laughs) Bring it, because we're not going to take you to one of the tourist cheesesteak spots. We're going to take you to the real
1: chili cheesesteaks. Authentic. That's right.
0: (laughs) So
2: before we let you go, I know I mentioned something about your Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. do this. Uh, Our first episode we had of this Eye on the Enemy, the the Eagles played the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, We had... Uh, on the from the Locked On Falcons podcast, Aaron Freeman. Okay. So we Eagles are one and zero when we have an Aaron on the show. So Aaron Lad, also at you know, <laughs> Atlanta sports fan. Which I think the Braves are beating the Phillies. Yeah, um, I'm I'm watching on the
0: periphery. Ain't pretty. Uh,
2: the maybe you know if the Eagles win, we may just have to just get people who named Aaron. Um, Aarons um,
1: the whole way through, right, man? You know, you mentioned my Braves, but. I got to mention my Hawks too, man. Come on. (laughs) That's Aaron. Aaron's been great guys. Say (laughs) goodbye to Aaron.
0: (laughs)
2: Oh man.
1: Now go ahead. Mention your Hawks. We're, it's going to be a fun year, man. I hope y'all get whatever preseason drama is going on out there settled. Down. I think the East is going to be just as fun as it was last year. I know this is a an NFL, but quick NBA plug. I mean, the East is fun, man. I remember yeah. years before it was all about the West, but the East is fun. The champion of the NBA is in the East, and mm-hmm. there's a couple teams below them that, that are ready to rock. So it'll be fun to see what Miami does, see what Atlanta does, see who ends up in Philly, and, and we'll rock and roll from there. Had to
0: go Troy Young there. Just had to just bloop right in there. Anyway, Aaron, we appreciate you joining us, man. Good luck on Sunday, but not too much luck because we need more of it. And uh we'll be chatting with you, my friend.
1: Hey, appreciate y'all. Stay safe.
0: Yes. So okay. I'm not really cool with Aaron just dropping that at the end and just like Mike dropping us out, but hey, it's not like it's not true. Um so, Jeff, anything that Aaron said that really stood out to you as something that we really have to pay crucial attention to?
3: The fact that he said this game's going to be a six-point victory for <laughs> the Chiefs. I understand he's trying to be humble, but he did, he did he watch that defense on Monday Night Football that the Eagles put on that football field on Monday against Dallas, which, yeah, the Chiefs are having their struggles, but I do feel the Chiefs are a better football team then Dallas, it's gonna be a freaking, it's gonna be a slaughter out there at the link. Unfortunately, so I would say that that's the one thing that came to my attention that the fact that he was so nice not to be so humble that he doesn't think it's gonna be an absolute slaughter for our football team that he feels it's kind of it's kind of laughable that he feels that the Eagles are a competitive football team, especially after the last two weeks.
2: Any given Sunday,
3: <sighs> not this <different laughs> freaking Sunday.
0: Yeah. So look let's we have not really had a chance to talk because after monday night's show or after monday night's game we did not do a post game show which is something that we normally do so i want to give each of us a chance to to live in I, the past I, for I a second i
2: was watching mariners baseball i, I know. Kind of more important than i know you
0: talking were talking about the dreadful eagles i know you were but let's let's each of us kind of vent and then, as, as our, our QB1 says, flush it before we move on. Um, because then we got to we gotta talk about some things, including the pregame show. So, normally, we do a pregame show at every away game at the West End in Quakertown. Due to a private event, we held off on the Dallas game. Thank God, because that would have sucked. We are, instead, going to be live this weekend, this Sunday, an hour before kickoff at the West End in Quakertown, um, even though it's a home game. So make sure you come out. we got giveaways. We're giving away a lot of Penn State swag this weekend for the number four team in the country. Um, so I know Johnny's going to be there with his own damn raffle tickets. Um, yeah, I have my, Nora has
2: her own tickets, so I'm going to bring my own tickets and just put them
0: in. There, there you go. So let's <laughs> <We're not> discuss <laughs> the past game. Johnny, I'm going to start with you because I know you have some feelings. What was the biggest issue for you from this past Monday night's game?
2: So I'm going to go a little bit different here. My biggest yep. issue is the day after and all the fans wanting to fire everybody. And yeah, I understand it was a bad game. We all saw it. We know that. But the problem is this is a rookie head coach, a rookie defensive coordinator, young coaching staff. Are they not allowed to make mistakes? Are they not allowed to be able to struggle? Because it happens. It happened back in 1999 with Andy Reid. He struggled a lot. There was a lot of questions in the newspaper articles with him. Is is he a real head coach? Is that, you know, other head coaches that they've had, the Buddy Ryans, the you know, you have all these other guys that have struggled, Ray Rose, all these guys that have struggled just coming out the gates. And you need to give some people a chance. It's always quick. Everything, and it's not even football. It's everything in the world is quick to judge. Nope, I I want it done right. I want it done right, right away. Sometimes there's bumps in the road that you have to, unfortunately you hit them and you fall, but you have to get back up and see how you react after you hit those bumps to get back up and to be able to persevere and keep going and how you go. This is the only third game in the year. There is third, there's 14 more games. It's about, the next game and let's see how you adjust because that's what football is, is about adjustments. You can't go in with the same game plan like Doug Peterson did last year, every single game. Right. That's I, my biggest I, thing. I, and my biggest problem is people not, is just wanting to fire everybody right away.
0: I I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I agree that the idea of firing everybody right away was extreme and it was not going to happen. Um, but my issue is this. You have so many young coaches, so many young players, that it's a bunch of kids running around without really NFL experience. Look, let's call it like it was. Nick Sirianni, these last two games, has lost games for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a difference between making mistakes and actively losing games. For him not to give the running backs more than three carries... That has not happened in 88 years of Eagles football and over 20 years of the past of the NFL. That doesn't happen. Miles Sanders, if I am him, I am going into Jeffrey Lurie's office, Harry Rosen's office, and saying, trade me. You're not using me. Trade me. Go get another wide receiver because you're just throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And then to hear Nick Sirianni go, oh, well, we were optioning out of things and their RPOs we count as run plays. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. This is the offense that they want. They want to pass, 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 pass. And what we're hearing coming out is the fact that, you know, because that's the kind of coach that Jeffrey Lurie wants. You brought in Doug Peterson because he was going to be pass heavy. You brought in Chip Kelly because he was going to be pass heavy. You brought in Andy Reid because he was going to be pass heavy. That has been the culture. They are not even considering running the football anymore. And I know that the NFL is a passing league. I understand that. But this was something like I have never seen before. You had a depleted Dallas Cowboys line. And instead, you made a practically rookie quarterback throw the ball almost 40 times. And as your players on the offensive line started getting injured, the one way that you build confidence among the offensive line is you run the ball. You run the ball. And instead, when Herbig checked in, they stopped running. The, I mean, Her, what, I don't think outside of the fourth quarter junk, Herbig blocked for one run play. And you started noticing every single play, there was either a pre snap penalty or a holding penalty. How do you build confidence for a guy like Andre Dillard, for a guy like Nate Herbig, for a guy like Landon Dickerson? You run the damn ball. That's also how you build confidence for your quarterback. It was not acceptable. And if it doesn't change, that's when you can have that conversation about removing players, removing coaches. It's too early for that yet, but there does have to be a change made. Jeff, I give you the floor.
2: Now, you also have to remember, though, Jeff had to watch this game with his Cowboys fan wife, so that may make it even tougher.
3: Dude, it was the yeah. fucking worst.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's her comment. I thought it was a great
3: game. Yeah, <laughs> love you, love you, wife, but no. But yeah, I, I, agree, I, agree, I agree to the sentiments of both of you guys. Look, this is Philadelphia. We are going to overreact. And I understand the reaction that we are getting from this fan base because, like, Chips have back-to-back weeks – it has been, t- has been two favorable uh, game plans from our coaching staff. And the, the one biggest pet peeve I am seeing from this coaching staff early on is the lack of in-game adjustments from both sides of the football. Look, we, I, I understand. Uh, look, we run the ball, and I understand Sirianni wants to throw out the RPO thing, which you have to put a little bit on Hurts. Hurts is the one out there executing the plays if it's his read and what he feels it what he's seeing with the defense whether they handed off the miles sanders or not in those rpos so you have to give a little bit of blame to hurts there but as a head coach you need to realize that what you are putting out there is not working so do something about it change the game plan and go out there and switch things up. We continue to see the same thing over and over the last two weeks where opposing defenses are basically seeing us as predictable. That is one thing that we've been, that we got hard on for Andy for doing, the one thing we got hard on for Doug Peterson for doing. And defensively, someone needs to do something to Jonathan Gannon. Granted, he has to work with what he has. We have horrible linebackers. We're not getting pressure on the quarterback, especially now that we have uh, no Brandon Graham. Ryan Kerrigan hasn't even recorded a freaking stat yet. So, look, we, we need to get better production from the players we're putting out there on that on that field, especially since we just gave Josh Sweat all this money, and I think he ha- he's having less snaps than most of the guys in that rotation. So, look, we, we need to do a better job all around on the offensive side of the ball, defense side of the ball, better in-game adjustments, and trying to fix things because we, we continue to do the same game plan over and over again, and... It it just comes out to be a debacle, and it's going to be a tough task, fellas. The next few weeks, we have we have uh-huh. the Chiefs this week, we have the Panthers that are three and zero, we have the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are looking at possibly a one and five football team for the first th- uh, one third of the season.
0: Yeah.
2: So the it's going to get ugly. Thing, You know the game plans aren't great, but the other thing is if you know watching some of the you know the games and seeing some of the. The wide open players that aren't being thrown to and not looked at, you know, there's some execution. It, it's it, it goes hand in hand. There's execution. Hurt is not to be the done. guy.
3: From, through these first three weeks, hurt's yep. are telling you that he's That's not the say. guy going forward. At least right now, he's under throwing balls. He's throwing in the double. That, tra- that Trayvon Diggs interception, he's stared him down the whole freaking play. Look, but. That- but
0: the thing is that they 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 give the credit then to Devontae Smith saying well he ran a bad route. Okay, he did run a bad route, but he could have run the best route in the history of football. That was it still going to be an interception.
3: And I'm tired of people saying, well, he's technically a rookie quarterback. No, he's had an offseason last year. Yeah, he wasn't the starter, but he started an offseason as a rookie. He had an entire offseason last year or this past this this past year. Yeah, he's only played technically seven games, but it's his second year in the league. He needs to make the adjustments, make that growth, make that progression as a starting quarterback. And through three weeks, he's one of the worst in football at that time. Besides a half of football against the against the uh the, the Falcons week one. We have not not seen great play from Jalen Hurts,
2: and again th- we've talked about it. This is his season to show what mm-hmm. he can do. After three weeks, you can't say, "Oh, the book's out." You know, you give it a couple more weeks, but if, if the struggling keeps happening, you go one and five, one and six. You know, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And I know, I know, Mike is going to keep yep. bringing up. You know, it, it's going to it's going to get louder just because it, that's what Philadelphia is. But you know, for for me, it's just like you know he's he struggles in terms of you know, he was struggling and Dallas's defense, they they were they were getting on, they were getting on, you know, intercepting the ball, doing all this stuff. Why not try and switch it up and run the ball?
0: You don't run the ball at all. You're basically why running, not running, and Dallas
2: pin their ears back and just rush
0: the passer. How about this? Okay, you want to pass the ball. Fine. You want to pass the ball 30 times, 35, 40 times, fine. But for them to have zero, I'm going to say that number again, zero plays with pre-snap motion. Yep. You ran your offense out and showed the defense, this is what we're going to do. You have time, set yourselves, and go. That's unheard of in the NFL. To not put a single guy in motion, I mean... I actually don't have words for how bad the game plan was. Like Mike said, bad mechanics. His footwork is terrible and he's under throwing balls because it's all arm and he has a weaker arm. They said during the regular, during the preseason, he's got to work on his feet. He's got to work on his feet. And the first interception he threw, it was all arm. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Locking onto his first read. And that first read, nine times out of 10 happens to be Devontae Smith. He has got to stop honing in on Devontae Smith. Where's Devontae? Where's Devontae? There's my throw. Like, it's it's becoming a massive problem. It is becoming a massive problem. So then the conversation starts, oh, well, just put Flacco in, put Minshew in. It surfaced again today. How about the green light to trade for Deshaun Watson? Now, I don't know how reliable of a source Chris Sims is, or if he's just going, hey, well, there's quarterback controversy in Philadelphia, and they were linked to there before, so we're just going to try floating this out there again. But the fact that we are sitting here week four and still having a conversation about Deshaun Watson is ridiculous. Jalen Hurts had an opportunity to grab the reins here and he is failing well, miserably. And it's partly because of the coach, partly because of the offensive line, partly because of the game plan, but partly because of him.
2: The other thing you have to look at it this way is yeah, Jalen Hurts given this opportunity to see what he can do. If he can take the reins, if he can be your quarterback, but if he can't, what do the Eagles have? They have the assets. They have the ammunition to be able to either draft a quarterback or this offseason go out and get a quarterback that they want to get that they think is going to be that next um they're not the next but is going to be your quarterback for uh years to come. The next and wave of things, are, right? I I'm going to throw this out. This is didn't hear it from anywhere. This is speculation i have no connections to nobody i'm sitting in my basement so here this is your connection basically my thing is if seattle struggles this year i russell wilson my opinion will be traded and well who did howie miss on that we keep seeing tidbits about you know draft drafting jalen hurts because he looks like the russell wilson type of, that kind of don't be surprised
0: i and if i I'm just Fine. saying,
2: don't be surprised. But
0: Jalen, look, sitting here looking at the the absolute um, gauntlet that the Philadelphia Eagles are about to run, we're not going to win. In, the way what they have put on paper, and they have drastically regressed these last two weeks, drastically, there is a very real possibility that we don't win game two this season for another month and a half. And for everyone who was like, oh, this is a 12-win team. This is a 13-win team. You were out of your damn minds. I think at this point, seven wins could be a stretch with what they've put on paper through three weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: No, And 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 now that the injuries are stacking back up, you know, losing your left guard, losing your right guard, losing your defensive end, like, these are big issues. Again. You know, I I, I know the
2: activated... You know, Driscoll and Josiah Scott under their 21-day practice windows. Ooh, um, cool. My, cool story. my thing is, I think if Dickerson's going to play guard, I feel left guard is more <sighs> beneficial to him to play. And I think Driscoll, And Herbig on the right? On, Herbig or Driscoll on the right. I'd rather play Driscoll on the right-hand side. I would side. too. Um, but it'd be Herbig right now because Driscoll isn't ready to play. Uh, he probably won't be ready to play, but – Uh, I think also getting Rodney McLeod back in terms of your secondary helps a little bit. We have to, because
0: Kayvon Wallace is out now you have to,
2: but you know, it's, it's tough because we talked about the the depth was not there. And if you start getting injuries, like you're starting to see happen, and and it's not just the Eagles, it's all over the NFL. You know, you're seeing a lot of injuries, you know, you're seeing a lot of big injuries to a lot of teams uh, across the league. So even a team, the Eagles played on Monday night with the Dallas Cowboys had a ton of injuries and, but they overthink it because they have young young rookies and they have depth.
0: Um, and they focused on what their strengths were. Their <laughs> offense was their strength and they hung a 40 spot.
2: Yeah. Yep. They're in a better spot than the Eagles are if you look match up player by player on that roster and um you know injuries are always going to take, you know take the news headline for the Eagles because we've seen it year in and year out, but you know it's it's a, it's a tough start so far, but the, the one thing you try to look at is hopefully get some of these younger players some snaps that are showing some signs like the Quez Watkins who needs more snaps. He right. needs and more we, time. Yeah. Um, and
0: so. and we, knew, we knew that this was a developmental year. The problem is that they went out week one and played like they did. And everyone started preparing to take off for a parade down Broad Street this season. Again, even though that Falcons team that they beat is not good. Then they went up against a San Francisco team. that is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. And we had chances and we blew it. And then we went against a team like Dallas, who now that they're coming back healthy on offense is a Super Bowl content. Like this first, I keep saying gauntlet, this first gauntlet that we had to go against it. That's it. They, they You saw what a good team is and a bad team is. The Philadelphia Eagles are a bad team, trying to get it better a little bit at a time. But their first run of games, they're not. They're getting worse.
2: You want a positive from Monday?
0: Sure. Uh, Andre Diller didn't look <laughs> awful. He, he did not. I, I will give him this credit. He did not look terrible. Dickerson did. But Andre Diller did not look awful. Um, there was a couple plays where he got beaten as the game went on. He definitely tired out. So, um, but Diller he- did not look terrible.
2: Yeah, Dickerson struggled, but what Aaron said, too, about this Kansas City Chiefs have some rookies on their offensive line that were drafted really high in terms of Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who have struggled. So you, your rookie's not going to expect it to step right in and be a star.
0: But that there's always gonna, happens in Philadelphia.
2: There's going to be there's gonna be growing pains. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's going to be growing pains no matter where you play and, you know, rookie offensive linemen, they never step right in and be superstars all the time. You know, there's going to be growing pains. Unfortunately,
0: I agree with Julio's comment here. I throw away JJ and put in Travis talking about not registering a statistic. Um, no God. So, all right, we are live from the West end this weekend. So we're not going to do our official Eagles predictions. Although just judging by our conversation over the last 55 minutes, I think I know where we're all going to go. Um but let's do this. We're going to do our special Uleka Lock segment. Um so Johnny will review and we will move forward. So let's play the intro video.
1: It's time for the Uleka Locks of the week.
0: Who's your lock? Johnny, do you want to explain the segment? Let me let me spotlight you, friend.
2: So the segment is the Uleka Lock. So it is our lock <laughs> of the week. Um, my locks apparently don't work. They're basically <laughs> unlocked. There's no lock. Got to
0: get them locks changed.
2: Yeah. Um, but last week we had Chick get his right again. Uh, and he did toot his horn. Um, Washington football team would give up 30 or more points. And that did happen.
0: I um, dropped them as my defense on two of my fantasy teams, by the way, right <laughs> after.
2: <laughs> Bye. Bye. It is a big time surprise though, early in the season, seeing how, how much they are struggling. Um, Jeff had Devontae Smith 100 yards and two touchdowns.
3: I'm fucking um, close.
0: He, he, he did not. He did not have those numbers, Jeff.
2: I had uh, Saquon over 100 yards and a touchdown. He had a 94 yards combined <laughs> and a touchdown. So I was off by six damn yards. But, again, it wasn't a lock because it wasn't right. But – there goes my pen. But I think the lock of the week that was right is our guest last week, Roy White Third had – the LA Rams beating Tampa Bay Stafford, 300 yards, three touchdowns and the defense getting pressure up the middle on Brady.
0: He so, was, a he wore a cowboy hat the whole segment. Of course he was going to be right. <laughs> he's so right. I'm, I, I may actually
2: go buy a freaking Lincoln. It's like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs>
0: But, He's uh, so all right all right all right he couldn't be wrong
2: and then also our picks that we make our weekly picks that that we make um last week I was 13 and three so that's pretty came, good I'll give you that I came uh in number one there so Jeremy bridges and I are both tied for number one uh, 35 and 13 total yeah uh, chip is 32 and 16 you were 10 and six uh tied your wife which tie always goes to the wife so you did lose um I'm in the fucking cellar. And then Jeff is 29 and 19. You were 11 and five uh, last week. You were two Doug Peterson uh, records uh, first two weeks at nine and seven. And then you had 11 and five, but still 29, 19, not terrible, not super awful. You're still,
3: there's uh, no coming fucking back (laughs) (laughs) at this point. You could go 13 and three one week. We sort of know how this, how these teams are trending as the season goes on. So we're probably going to be picking a lot of the same games. So I'm going to have to pick up some hail makers, basically, to try to come back from this.
0: Yeah, I, uh, we, my wife and I did our picks on Monday night, and we only differ on two games. So I think that, Jeff, your point is pretty accurate. We're, we're all, at this point, going to be like, I think we know where these teams are going. Yeah.
2: So, and I, I that's the tough part. Jeff's going to have to pick some – you know, I, I was in that boat, I think, last year. I started out yeah, you pretty were. bad. And then I tried to come back and try to pick some, you know, haymaker games and try to you know pick all these upsets. And, yeah, it, d- it didn't work. Um, so me being the lead right now is nice, but I'm going to wind up taking that. Because that's what usually happens every time I make picks like that. So, But our locks of the week, I'm going to have you two gentlemen go first. I will jot them down, and then I'll give mine, and then we'll wrap this baby up.
0: Jeff, I will let you go first, sir.
2: Oh, Uh, man, he's got that. Uh, I don't know. He had to
3: lean back and everything. It's not really – look, it's probably a selection that's going to happen. Look, the the Buccaneers are pretty angry after losing last week to to the L.A. Rams. I feel they come back – Brady comes back with a vengeance over his former mentor, Bill Belichick, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New England Patriots by three touchdowns on Sunday Night Football.
2: Wow. All right. That's a hell of a block. I like that actually. That's a, that's that's a three good one.
0: touchdowns, a 21-point victory. Yeah. See, I, I'm I'm torn between two games, and I wanted to pick one out of the Bucks-Patriots game, but I also am looking at this Cardinals-Rams game. So I think only Jeff, because you went with the Bucks-Rams, I'm not gonna say my Tom Brady throws for 450 yards pick. That was my original one. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals and the Rams, which if it wasn't for the other game in Foxborough, it would be the game of the week. Combined, the two teams hit 85 points. 85 points or or more combined between the Cardinals and the Rams. It is going
3: to be high scoring. No defense. Well, by very drop, the Arizona Cardinals defense this week, then. (laughs)
0: And that's only because like if you look at the if you look at the Rams defense, they're not that that would be a, a complete like letdown for them. Yeah. But again, the Cardinals are a very dangerous team. And then besides that, like you look at the way the Rams are playing. I mean Matt Stafford's going to win the MVP award. Through the first three weeks of the season, he's going to win the MVP award.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. You know, and Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson looks pretty good at 34 years old, still getting behind the defense. Right. Um, I was going to do, uh, Miles Sanders was going to get more than uh, two carries. But again, that's kind of, that's not fair <laughs> because we know he's going to gonna
3: get, going to. Do do you care to get five we... in the first quarter just to shut us up. Yeah. If that happens, Nick Sirianni will be fired on Monday.
2: Yeah. But uh, um, I can't do that because that's not fair. And since I'm 0-3 on locks, I want to try to get an easy win, but I, I can't do that. So, you're the New
0: York uh, Giants of you do like a locks.
2: I'm not going the Giants. I'm looking over to the Jets side and – Oh, God. I'm gonna say, Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that the Jets lose by three touchdowns and Zach Wilson throws three interceptions. Oh. So, okay. So Zach Wilson three in ints, and let's see. And then they
0: lose by. There we go. Yeah, say say. Like, sorry, we both got distracted by things that were happening in the chaos land over yeah. here.
2: Yeah, I saw that. So Zach Wilson and the Jets lose by. At least three touchdowns. I'll say three touchdowns. And Zach Wilson throws three interceptions.
0: Yeah. Because Hopefully, he's probably gonna attempt he's probably gonna attempt four passes, so three of them will have to be interceptions. <laughs> he's terrible. He is awful. And I don't know if it's a New York jet thing, but he is god awful.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, so anything else for the good of the order before I do the whole, you know, Reynolds wrap this some bitch up.
2: No. I think you're good to go.
0: Cool. So again, we want to thank everybody for their comments. And I know there was some confusion with the Twitter thing. Thank you for commenting on Facebook and YouTube, um, except for that last commenter. I don't know what you were doing. Um, we want to thank Aaron Ladd for joining us for the first half of the show. He is from you know Chiefs Kingdom, um, so he got to gloat a little bit early on. And uh, we'll continue to gloat over what's about to happen this past, this upcoming weekend. So we again are the all about the birds weekly report. This is on the AAT sports network, all authentic talk. Um, We are going, we have, we have a great week of shows ahead of us. Still tomorrow we have our across the pitch, uh, which is our Philadelphia union soccer show. Friday is birds, beers, and BS. Um, And then Sunday morning, an hour before kickoff, We will be at the West End in Quakertown for a live, live on location podcast um, an hour before kickoff. So make sure you are checking that out. And then, of course, we will be doing our post-game show. I don't know how long we'll go for for the post-game show. It all depends on the uh, situation in the game. We like to watch a little bit of Nick Sirianni's press conference and break it down and pretty much just yell and scream at the television, um, which is our cameras. Uh, We have – and again – Chips and Dish on Monday night. Tuesdays is Burning Bridges. We have now, how many YouTube exclusive shows are we rocking now, Johnny and, and Jeff? Or at least segments? Three. Okay, so they are, again, remind me.
3: We have our Fantasy by Michael Bowers. He gives us Fantasy uh, Locks for on Tuesdays. You can catch that. I mean, and He's and, very
0: helpful. He's helped me. I went three yeah, and no this past week.
3: And then starting, is it this week or next week, Thursday, is the, <laughs> our new college basketball show.
2: Starting, I think he's dropping it on, I think he's going to be dropping it on the weekend. Okay. Um, on Saturday, I I believe. Um, but Barrera's buckets. So it's going to, I know he had uh, Adam, one of the writers, Adam Mack, on, um, uh, I think uh, yesterday he recorded it. And um, I'm, I think I'm going to go on. I know Paul's going to go on. So we're going to have a couple different segments. But he's going to be dropping it, I think, on Saturday, kind of before all the games, like the major games and stuff. Usually Saturdays are a big hub of college basketball. Um but that's well, also coming up, so make sure you're – So there you go. I mean, there's,
3: there's so much great programming. There's so much great programming. And, and so more that. If you're into college football, hit one of us up. Sixers basketball is coming up soon. Flyers hockey's about – we're in mm-hmm. preseason. So if you are fans of any of those sports, feel what you want to do a show, help contribute to our uh, network, hit one of us up. We'll see what we can do for you.
0: Along with writing for our website, which we have so many great articles coming out um, at all times covering all the different sports. So make sure you are hitting one of us up because we will get you hooked up. Our great sponsor, Statement Game, a fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure you are checking them out. There is a link in the bio. Oddsjam.com. You can use their arbitrage calculator to not lose money. There is a link in the bio. La Terrain Luxury Watches. Use the code AATBIRDS at checkout for 10% off. There is a link in the bio. Our favorite to say, Manscape.com is partnered with All About the Birds. Use the code AATBirds20 for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. And of course, your balls will thank you. All right, there you go. I've said that all creepy. Johnny always puts a smile on your face, and I know you've now refrained from even attempting it. Yeah, I don't um, see it. <laughs> and of course, we have the AAT Sports Network Shop, where we have some absolutely amazing designs. So make sure you are checking some of these out. Again, you can see. We have our Slim Reaper. Our Dallas Sucks, although we may have to take that one down. Um, <laughs> yep. Kane the train. Kane no, Train.
2: Noah Kane, uh, Penn State running back, Kane Train. And then you have you Nick
0: Sirianni Debating whether or not he should run or pass the ball. Here's the answer. He's going to pass the ball. Um, gentlemen, it's been real and it's been fun. And even tonight, you know what? It's been real fun. So as we end every show here on aat sports network and the all about the birds weekly report we end it with a very wonderful and happy and exhilarating and exciting go birds Go birds! we'll see you sunday morning at the west end peace out here's a commercial about your testicles attention listeners across the galaxy all the way from australia to houston do we have a pub problem If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS. Ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. First, scheduled for liftoff, new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi function on off switch, can engage a travel lock, and is even waterproof. The lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Don't forget to use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and their Crop Reviver to help your little planets be on their A-game while feeling the sun's heat. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Abort hairy balls and Buzz Lightyear that Woody with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you.